You are listening to the Holmes Avenue Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Holmes Avenue or how you can join the mission, visit us online at holmesavenue.com. But as you have joined us here today, as as Pastor Walter said at the beginning, uh, we are now in the season of Advent. We closed out our our mini-series in Acts last week. We'll pick back up in that in the new year. Uh, But now we move into this sermon series that we're doing in collaboration with Cooper River Baptist called The Promise. And we're looking at these four themes of Advent, and today is the theme of hope. And the word Advent, it comes from the Latin word Adventus, which means the coming or the arrival. And when we're thinking about that, the coming or the arrival, obviously we are talking in this season about Jesus. We're talking about our hope today that we have in Jesus. That's why the title of the sermon, as you see there on the screen, is A Hopeful Certainty. Uh, but we, we are celebrating the hope that we have in Christ. And this idea of Advent, this idea of waiting, it's this longing for something, it's this expecting something to come. And those of you in the room that are married or, or have been married, you, you may recall the, the time leading up to your marriage, the, the day of your wedding, right? For many of us, you might have had a shorter period of time, you might have had a longer. Um, Miranda's homesick with the kids today, but if she was here, she would tell you, like, we were engaged for two years. That's a long time to be engaged. We were engaged for two years. If we would have waited two more days, it would have been two years on the dot from our day of proposal to the day of the wedding. And I remember in that season of waiting, we, we were so excited. We were longing for that day to come. We were ready to start our lives together. And there were so much things to be expecting. Like we were so excited. We were longing for that time to come. Maybe if you can even recall maybe wanting a child and you, and you know that you had a child coming on the way and you, you were waiting with expectation for that day to come and then it finally came or maybe you're a grandparent and you're excited for the day to come for a grandchild. Maybe you have a grandchild that's on the way right now and you're just so excited and you're waiting for that day. You're expecting it to come and you can't wait for it to come. Well, here in today's passage, we're gonna see a gentleman that had that same type of waiting, the same type of expectancy, same type of longing. You see, we're gonna pick up this passage today from Luke 2, Luke 2, the account of Simeon. And you might say, well, Brian, this is, we're not at Christmas yet. Why are we starting eight days after Jesus is born? Well, it's because Simeon encompasses this idea of hope, this account that we see with him. Now, the Old Testament prophecies, they, they speak much to the coming of the Messiah. And to kind of give us a framework, I'm going to give us one passage of Scripture just to kind of have there at the forefront of our mind. It'll be on the screen for you. It's Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, before we dive into our Scriptures today. But it says, The people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. See, for the people of that day, this time of waiting for them, they knew that a Messiah was coming. And they knew that this was their hope. Their hope was waiting for God to bring this Messiah at the right appointed time. And there was a long period of waiting. Matter of fact, in the scriptures between the Old Testament and the New Testament, we have 400 years of silence before the miraculous day when the sky lit bright and the angels heralded the good news to mere shepherds that the Messiah had been born. Today, as I said, we look at this advent of hope. 
Hope is a word that gets tossed around a lot, right? It gets tossed around a lot, and sometimes for trivial things. We, we may say, well, I hope I get blank for Christmas. I hope that we can make these ends meet financially. Or if you're like me, guilty of it, man, I hope I can get out of the house quick enough to stop at the coffee shop on the way to work and not be late. We can throw those things out there, but for the Christian, hope is something far greater. Hope is something far greater. You see, our hope is found in Jesus. And we have a longing feeling of expectation because we trust that God has redeemed us through Christ and his finished work. And we wait in a season of Advent for Christ's return. So with that said, let's stand together and read uh, 10 verses of scripture from Luke 2. This account of Jesus being presented in the temple. Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit in the temple. And when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people, Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed and a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, we love you. And we thank you, God, for this time of praise and worship that we've had this morning so far. And Lord, now as we look at this passage of Scripture, looking at hope, the hope that we have that is truly certain because of what you, Lord, have done so graciously and merciful through Jesus. Father, we pray, Lord, now that you'd have your way in these next few moments. God, that you be glorified. Lord, I pray that the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth will be pleasing unto you. Have your way. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So the hope of Jesus Christ is certainty about the future. It's impacting the present and the healing and longing of desperate need. If you're taking notes, I hope you are. The first thing that you can write down is this. Hope is a certainty about the future that impacts the present. Hope is a certainty about the future that impacts the present. Look at verse 25 again. Now there's a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Luke's first word there is now. It represents to us the meaning of this word, behold. It's to draw the attention of the reader to what he is saying. 
And the scriptures tell us that Simeon was a righteous and a devout man. Now, nowhere in the scriptures does it say that he's a priest or anything like that. It just says that he is a righteous and devout man. What's interesting to note about this is a chapter earlier in chapter one, when we're reading about Zechariah and his wife there, Elizabeth, as we're reading in chapter one, verse six, they are the ones that are to be the parents of John the Baptist, We see there the same word is used, that they are devout people. He was one of the believing remnants of Judaism who was looking forward to the coming Messiah. It says there that he is waiting for the consolation of Israel. You see, Simeon had hope. He was longing. He was waiting. He was desiring for that day to come. And the Holy Spirit of God is upon Simeon. See, the Holy Spirit had made it abundantly clear that, Simeon, you will not die until you see the Lord's Christ. Look at 26. Verse 26 tells us, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. You see, for Simeon, there was certainty. There was certainty for him. He was certain. He knew that he knew that he knew, I'm not dying until I see the Lord's Christ. This is a promise that has been given by the Holy Spirit to me. It had assured him of this truth. The certainty of Simeon's hope about the future impacted his present. Scriptures tell us he's a righteous and devout man. The Holy Spirit is upon him. He's living in a way that is pleasing unto God. Simeon regarded himself, he was regarded as a righteous and devout man. The Holy Spirit is upon him. It impacted the way in which he lived his life. Now let's think about that for us today. Christian in the room, Christian online. Our hope is a certainty about the future, which impacts the present. What do you mean? Our hope is in Jesus' finished work on Calvary's cross, his death and his resurrection from the grave. It assures us that through this work, although he has ascended and he's at the right hand of God in heaven, he will return. He is coming back. We know this. We have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, the Holy Spirit of God that was upon Simeon. He indwells us. So therefore, we wait in expectation with a hope that impacts who we are and how we live right now. The hope that we have and this truth of what is coming, what has come and what will come impacts who we are in our daily lives where we live, work, and play to our family, friends, coworkers, neighbors. At least it should. Leads me to ask a question. How are we living in the waiting? How are we living in our waiting? As we wait and we hope for the day of his return, how are we living in this life right now? Are we just getting by? Are we striving to make much of him known to the people around us? But are we also striving to learn more and more about him through our daily time with him? Because you think about it. 
If you're preparing for a child to come, if you're preparing for the wedding day, you're doing all the little things that are needed to be done to prepare yourself for when that time comes. You don't just passively sit by and say, ah, when the day comes, we'll figure it out. Y'all didn't think I would be able to insert this, but I'm gonna insert it. The Gamecocks wouldn't have won yesterday had they not prepared themselves, right? Don't, 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 don't get at me, Clemson people. Don't get at me, Clemson people. They had to prepare themselves. It was a luck. It'll probably not happen for another 20 years. But we won yesterday. Go Gamecocks. But there's preparation we have to have in the waiting. Followers of Jesus, as we wait for the day of his return, we must prepare ourselves now. We must prepare ourselves now. Daily, committed, following Jesus. So our hope in Christ, it's a certainty about the future and it impacts our present. Secondly, hope is birthed out of deep longings and desperate need. Hope is birthed out of deep longings and desperate need. Verses 27 and 28 together. And he came in the spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, let's pause there for a moment. What does it mean, the custom to the law? Well, they had to follow the, the law that was established time and time before. Like we, we talked about that when we went through the book of Leviticus. They had to do this customary thing that is brought in. The child eight days after being born had to be brought into the temple to be presented. And so Mary and Joseph are doing what they're supposed to be doing. They bring him into the temple to present him. And under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Simeon is brought into the temple. He's guided there. And he sees Mary and Joseph and Jesus. And Simeon grabs him in his arms and celebrates. We've seen a similar reaction to this, haven't we? I mentioned a few moments ago, grandparents in the room, when you saw that grandbaby for the first time. Parents, you see that child for the first time, or maybe at the time of holiday season, seeing the family members you haven't seen for some time, and that little kid runs up to you, hey, uncle so-and-so, and they, you just pick them up, you're so excited to see them, and you embrace them in that moment. For Simeon, as he has been waiting and longing with this hope, I know the day will come when I'll see the Lord's Christ. I will not die until it happens. He sees the child, Jesus Christ. The period of waiting has come to pass for him. The time had come. He was excited. So much joy is experienced there in that moment for Simeon. He laid his eyes upon what he had been hoping for. And don't miss this. In that moment, he is seeing the promise of God fulfilled. The promise of God fulfilled. Not only to him, but to the world. I read to you from the Isaiah passage a few moments ago at the beginning of the message. It is a promise that was prophesied. It was a promise of what would come that would be for all who would repent and believe. And here it is before him. God has kept his promise. And the Holy Spirit makes it abundantly clear to Simeon, 
you're laying your eyes on a promise fulfilled. If you leave with nothing else today, please take with you that God keeps his promises. Simeon begins this psalm of praise unto God. Look at verse 29. Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. He says again, now. Luke, make sure that he puts that there. It is quoting Simeon's words, now. Remember a few moments ago, I told you it's this idea of drawing the attention. Behold, And now he's saying, Lord, it's here. God, you've done this. Now you're letting your servant depart in peace. Lord, you've kept your word. You're letting me, Simeon, depart peacefully. You've done what you said you will do. Look at verse 30. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Notice here. I think it's very fitting that the Holy Spirit would divinely inspire Luke to write the words of a quote from Simeon to say this the way that he does. He doesn't say, Lord, now you're letting your servant depart in peace, for now you've let me see the promised Messiah, which would have been true. But what he says there in verse 30 is, my eyes have seen your salvation. By looking at the child Jesus in front of him, God in the flesh, he declares that he's seen the Lord's salvation. One of the prominent themes throughout the beginning of Luke and through the book of Luke is the mere fact that when we see this idea of salvation, it is embodied in Jesus. Salvation is only given through Jesus because it is his death paid for our sin that we may get that salvation. God's salvation to the world For the forgiveness of sin is only given through Jesus' sacrificial death. When we see Jesus, there we see our salvation. Simeon declares that truth. I want to read 31 and 32 together. That you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. Simeon is declaring that this salvation has been prepared for all people and is a light that will go not only to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. The good news of Jesus Christ is a message for all who would repent and believe. If you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I don't really know what hope I have in this life. You have great hope if you have Jesus I want to just read to you from the prophet Isaiah again in 52.10. Isaiah says here, The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations, and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of God. All the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. The psalmist in Psalm 98.3 says, He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our 
God. It's a salvation that is for all who would repent and believe. Hope is birthed out of deep longings and desperate need. This was true for Simeon as he longed to see the Lord's salvation. It's a desperate need for all of us. It's a desperate need for all of us. God sends his son Jesus because we all desperately needed forgiveness of our sin and our shame. The people we love that are far from God but close to us, they desperately need this hope because it's the only thing in this life that will get them through to eternity. This is a reality for you and me in the world today. We desperately need the hope that is found in Jesus. You see, the pains of sin and shame, they are ever present in this life, are they not? We see it every day. We experience it every day. The only place we find hope is Jesus. You see, every day there are people that have this desperate need for something, this desperate longing and hope for something. There's this empty hole in them that needs to be filled. And so they go and they look for things to fill it. Your testimony, Christian, may be the same. I once needed something to fill me, so I went to everything else around me to fill me, and all it did was leave me empty. I referenced this last week, but the woman at the well, when she goes and she sees, when Jesus sees her at the well in Samaria, she needs eternal life, she needs living water. And Jesus tells her, you can come to this well over and over and over again, and you can get this filled up, but it's not going to fulfill you the way that I can fill you. The only hope for this world is found in Jesus, period, end of story. That's good news. That's good news for the hurting. That's good news for the weak. That's good news for the broken. That's good news for those that feel shame. That's good news for those that are hurting and longing for something more. And don't miss what I'm saying here. Don't just say, oh, yeah, yeah, well, that's for this person here in my life that I know that doesn't need Jesus, that that needs Jesus. I've got Jesus, Brian. I would say, amen, praise God, you do have Jesus. But are there times in your life where you take the focus off of what you have and you still run to things of this world to fill you? We all do it. The only hope that will get us through until the day we see him face to face is Jesus, period. It is the only hope for a lost soul. It is the only hope that is found in the finished work of the Lamb of God, King Jesus. Which brings me to point three. 
Final point is that hope is found in Jesus Christ. Hope is found in Jesus Christ. Verse 33, his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. See, Luke tells us here that Joseph and Mary, they marveled. Some translations say they were amazed at what Simeon has said about Jesus. And we've already been told in the scriptures, right? They were told, Mary by the angel, that this would be her reality. She would bear the son of God. We know that Joseph, after hearing that Mary's pregnant, he wants to divorce her. He wants to be away from her. Yet God in the dream comes to him and says, Mary is telling you the truth. They've been told the reality of what is taking place. And yet we read this and we may say, wait a minute. Why are you marveling? Why are you amazed? You've already been told. No, no, no. Because when I'm reading this, I'm like, why are you guys doing this? And as I was studying, I came across this incredible explanation from John Calvin. Listen to what he says. I know it may be a little small. Luke does not say that they were astonished as it is a new thing, but that they contemplated with reverence and embraced with becoming admiration. This prediction of the Spirit uttered by the lips of Simeon so that they continued to make progress in the knowledge of Christ. We learn from this example that when we have once come to possess a right faith, we ought to collect on every hand whatever may aid in giving, it to, giving to it additional strength. That man has made great proficiency in the word of God who does not fail to admire whatever he reads or hears every day that contributes to his unceasing progress in faith. As we as Christians, if you are a Christ follower, if you are engaging the scriptures daily and you're communing with God in prayer and cutting out that time and making it that priority, as you are engaging that time with the Lord, as time goes on, you get more and more from God. You are growing more and more and more. And tell me if this is not the case. When that is happening in your life, do you not sit there and just marvel at what God is doing? It's what happens. It leaves you speechless at times to say, oh my gracious, God, you just revealed this to me in your word. Thank you. It leaves you amazed. Prayerfully, it brings you to your knees at times and says, God, why would you do this for me? But thank you, God, that you would do it. Thank you, God, that you would do it. As we grow more and more in our faith prayerfully, as we're growing in that sanctification, we're being equipped, we're hearing from God, and we're left in awe. Look at 34 and 35. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, here's that word again, behold, This child is now appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearers may be revealed. 
Simeon first blesses them by praying and then points out this hope that is found in Jesus. He first tells Mary that Jesus has been appointed for the cross. Eight days after his birth, Simeon references that Jesus is going to pay the ultimate price. The whole point of the birth is to eventually go to the death so that there can be a resurrection. Simeon says the fall. Those who will be against the good news that will not be redeemed. The rising, those who will repent, those who will believe, those who will be transformed, pointing to the resurrection. And then he says those words to Mary, the sword piercing through her own soul. The moment while Jesus is hanging there on the cross, everybody's peaced out. Everybody's abandoned except for his mother Mary, a few other people, and the Apostle John. Everybody else kicked rocks. They said, I, I'm going into hiding. I can't do this. But there Mary stands. And she witnesses her son dying on a cross. Sword piercing her soul. Simeon finishes that verse in 35 with the thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And we need to understand that within the full context of this passage. The heart of man, no matter how hard we try, our hearts are deceitful and they're wicked because of our sin and shame. And when on display before a holy God, we can do nothing but shrink back in shame. We need the hope that is found in Jesus. This world needs the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. And when we think of this great hope in the person of Jesus Christ, I'm reminded of the Apostle Peter's words. In 1 Peter 1.3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And just a few verses later, he says in verse 13, Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. For those of us in Christ Jesus, we have a living hope. We have a living hope that is focused on the future, that is focused on eternity, that is focused on when we are dead and gone from this world, we will be in his presence, we will be in the new heavens and the new earth, we will praise his name forever. And it's all because he willingly gave up his life. Willingly. We have this living hope that's focused on the future. But as we live now, 
We live our lives in a way that provides hope to a world that desperately needs it. We celebrate this season of Advent reflecting on his first coming, but we wait expectantly on when he will return again. I'll tell you guys, you know this. This season, this Christmas season, right? Majority of people love it. They love it. They love the decorations. They love everything that it's supposed to represent or what we think it's supposed to represent. People are more willing to give. People are more willing to do. People are more willing to hear. We have a really amazing opportunity to share the hope that we have. The biggest thing I want us to make sure that we don't lose sight of is that reality. Take advantage of the opportunities that you get. The Lord gives us amazing opportunities to share the hope that we have in Jesus. So I want to close by saying this. What is your hope in? Is your hope truly in Jesus? If you say, yes, I'm a follower of Jesus, my hope is in Christ. Praise God. What are you doing with it? What am I doing with it? You may say, no, nope, I don't have that hope. Matter of fact, I have a lot of despair. Matter of fact, I'm weary. Matter of fact, I'm struggling with shame, struggling with my sin. My encouragement to you would be that maybe the thing that you desperately need is the thing that you haven't been trying to fill yourself with the entire time. His name is Jesus. If that's you today and you're here, please, please, please talk to Pastor Walter or Pastor Brian. That's me, duh, or me today. Talk with one of us. Maybe the Lord is working in you and today is the day that he causes the growth. And you come to know Jesus. And we will celebrate that. Maybe just say, right, I have hope in Christ, but the weight of this world is just weighing me down. I just need prayer. I just need encouragement. You can let us know that too. And we'll gladly do that for you. Same is true for anybody that's listening online. You see it there, homesavenue.com forward slash contact. Let us know. We want to be able to minister to you and care for you as well. Worship team's gonna come up in a moment and sing God so loved, referencing the, the truth of the gospel that Jesus came, like we've talked about today. And I wanna encourage you, I wanna encourage you during this time, before we sing, we're gonna be quiet for a few moments. I wanna encourage you to be praying. 
asking God, Lord, what is it that you've been telling me from this today? Maybe you're sitting there with your notes and just write out some things maybe that the Lord is sharing. Maybe some things that you feel that you need to commit to or, or whatever it may be. But as the Lord speaks, I would encourage you to listen and be obedient. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, Lord, I am so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for your word, Lord. Lord, I thank you so much that we have this account in your scriptures, Lord of Simeon, and this example to us of the hope that he had, waiting and longing for the day of seeing your salvation, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, God, that you keep your promises. We thank you, Lord, that you are faithful. Lord, I pray for the one listening right now that feels hopeless. I pray, Lord, that you would minister to them in their pain, God, if they know you, Lord, that you would remind them of your faithfulness, your steadfastness, your love, your mercy. That you would remind them, Lord, that their hope truly is found in you. Lord, if there's somebody in this room or listening online, Lord, that feels hopeless because they don't know you, and they've tried everything they can think of and yet still feel empty. God, I pray, Lord, that, that you would intervene, that you would cause the growth, Lord, that you would show them, Lord, that you provide the living water. Lord, that they would repent of their sin that they would confess with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and they believe in their heart, Lord, that you resurrected Jesus from the grave. Lord, above all things, I pray that you would have your way. We love you. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.